Hail and well met, everybody. Welcome to Geek Thyself, a show by nerds, for nerds, who love geeking out over random facts and esoteric trivia. My name is Heather. I'm Russell. And we'll be your hosts for this journey through the wondrous land of information. Hi there, guys. Uh, Hi. Welcome to this episode of Geek Thyself. I can talk. I can talk. It is always uh, nice to be dying. able to do that. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Um, uh, obviously, you guys didn't hear uh, my coughing last time because I cut him out. Mm-hmm. But, my lord, it was bad. <laughs> I mean, uh, you weren't coughing the whole time. Um, it started to get bad towards the end, though. It, it got really bad towards the end. There were definitely moments that were bad, yeah. Mm. Oh, right. Well, uh, welcome to this episode. This week we, well, we've done a few, um, a little bit of historical topics the past mm-hmm. few times. So we are switching gears up just a little bit. And we're going to cover something a bit more um, topical, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, some of it's historical, but uh, well, there's also a lot of it that's currently topical, at least for those of us that live in California. Huh. Yes, um, which is where this one came from with regards to Heather, because Heather lives in California. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we'll, we are looking at the current the forest fires which are currently happening in lots of fun places. We also just, while we're talking about it, this just makes me think of last year in 2020, in February, when Australia was basically on fire, which I I don't know if you remember. I do somewhat, yeah. It's been a a little while, and let's be honest, we've discussed it already multiple times, but all of 2020 was a dumpster fire, so like one extra fire was hard to keep track of. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose we're getting more of them for the obvious reason is that, you know, global warming, climate change, mm-hmm. the planet's getting hotter, it just is, which is a shame. Hopefully we can do something in regards to that, but it's not just little things that need to happen on that scale, big things need to happen as well. Also, fun fact, uh, what we're talking about climate change is um, the UK is actually doing fairly well with it. Uh, I didn't know this, but I was following uh, one of um, a celebrity-ish on Twitter. They 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 run uh, one of the game shows that I like over here, and they tweeted out like a graph of our carbon footprint going down in a good direction because of how much we've put into solar and wind because we're, it's mm-hmm. always windy around here, so we have those kind of options. So it's come down quite a bit. It's not where we want it to be. But I was really, see, I was really happily surprised to see that we are making good progress in that kind of direction, um, which, yeah, unfortunately, it's... can't be said for other places, but... <clears throat> like the United States. <laughs> I mean, it's not just the U.S., but the U.S. is not helping. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> uh, anyway, so I'm aware. <laughs> um, there are things I, I love say... about my country, and there are some things where I'm like, eh. Yeah, it's, it's been steadily going down. Uh, it's not all the way at the bottom. Obviously, we still use fossil fuels way too much. But we've there's just a lot of things that we do. Because, but I suppose we're a smaller country as well. That, that helps. I mean, that say. probably does. And part of the problem is, like, with the United States, I've heard people compare the United States to an empire because of how big it is. And honestly, that's 
it, it, it is somewhat like we are an empire made out of many small countries, with each state being to a certain extent its own country. I mean, California, the state I live in, is bigger than most countries in Europe. Oh yeah, no, it's uh, it's ridiculous. Um, it boggles my mind that you fly across your country, mm-hmm. and it takes you longer to fly than it takes me to drive. Like yeah. uh, through through my country, well, if I was driving, like I can get a train from where I am, not exactly, but. I can get a train for it locally to London in an hour, and that's about half of the wet the the length of the country away. <laughs> yeah, I um, when I visited relatives in England, they lived up in Yorkshire. Which, for anyone who doesn't know the geography of England, Yorkshire is northern England, just below mm-hmm. Scotland. My yes, family yes. lives up there. We drove down to London, which is southern England. <laughs> at the opposite end um we left in the morning like mid-morning we got there in the afternoon uh to drive from the top of california to the bottom of california you have to leave at like six in the morning and you're gonna show up in southern california depending on where you're headed probably at like six o'clock at night because of traffic you you might it would be faster if there was no traffic but with traffic you're probably gonna be on the road all day especially because you're gonna have to stop I experienced some of that traffic while uh, I was <laughs> with uh, when I was picked up by Tesla because of flight missing because mm-hmm. of customs. So yeah, I can totally believe that it takes that long. Um, but yeah, all of this is so, off topic. Big surprise. It is. <laughs> it is. But to be fair, it's you know it's it's more on topic than we could be. We've gone I mean, way off topic before. That is true because we're at least mentioning California, which is very central to why this is this week's topic. Um, Yes. For anyone who doesn't pay attention to news outside of their area and is listening to us from not California, uh, California summers equal wildfires. That's just, there's no way around it. There's always going to be at least one somewhere. (laughs) That's just terrifying because, like, yeah. That didn't happen when I was there, or or at least I didn't know about it. it probably oh, might no, have done. It, it 100% did. It just wasn't in our area. That's just so, like, it's terrifying how casual you're being about just there being a wildfire. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah, but that, that, that says exactly how much it happens. Yeah, which... I mean, to, to be, it... to put it in perspective for anyone who... See that's two miles. Um, I don't. There's no measuring tool on this map, unfortunately. So, um, the fire, the the big fire that's near my house right now. So, this gives away my location in California a tiny bit, but honestly, it's covering such a big area. Good luck figuring out exactly where I live. Um, the Calder fire, C-A-L-D-O-R, is the one that is nearest to my house currently. Um, it is probably 20 to 30 miles away from my house. See, that's, that's crazy. It might be Uh, a little more than that. It, this map is hard. There's not a way for me to like put a, a scale on it. I have the little tiny one in the corner from this Google map, mm. but it, I can't actually like measure. Move right, yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so I've got a couple of things. One, does it happen in Oregon? I know that Oregon is on the top end of so California. It does sometimes. The thing is, it it in California at least, it happens the most um, in the areas that get really hot and dry over the summer. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is all of the grass dies. Right. California. This, is, not, so, this was my next question after this. It's like, why does it happen so much? Like, there has to be a natural mm-hmm. reason. There is. I mean, climate change isn't helping. As things have gotten warmer, yeah. our summers have gotten hotter and drier. Um, and there's mm-hmm. less rain. The last couple of years, unfortunately, we haven't had a ton of rain, which has made it worse because we've ended up in a drought situation. And when we're in a drought situation, the fires are always worse. That makes sense. But, like if there's no there's no moisture at all over like mm-hmm. the course of a couple of years, it's going to yeah. To well, and some of the little rivers less. and creeks and things that would normally keep areas more hydrated because there's not enough snow up in the mountains because the rainy season wasn't heavy enough. Those end up getting dry, mm-hmm. and so yeah, that that doesn't help either. Things that would normally act as a natural fire break if they were full, like a full river, uh, they're not yeah. full. So there's no fire break. It can, it can cross it without there being an issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It actually crossed the freeway in one spot by a lot. <laughs> yeah, if you look up, hold on. Let me let me send you this map. Please do. Uh, uh, so for anyone who's curious, who if you're at a computer and you've never looked up how big a forest fire can be, um, the Caldor Fire. So if you look up Caldor Fire, C-A-L-D-O-R, Caldor. and look for a map. It'll be very easy to find. It's being updated pretty regularly. And you will see this gigantic area in a red dotted line. It's a little yeah. over a thousand, a hundred thousand acres of land. Um, ac- oh, wow. According to the Cal Fire website, the Calder Fire has hit um, 114,166 acres of land. It's been active for nine days, and it's 9% contained. Nine? Mm-hmm. It was zero for about a week. Nine is good. Nine is improvement. Oh, my God. That's, like, so close to Sacramento. I... <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I mean, it's, it's far enough away that I'm not stressed, obviously. Well, I mean, true, but that, like, the, the fact that it's just there... Mm-hmm. That's good. so you get these every year. Yes, I mean there's and an even bigger one going on right now called the Dixie Fire. Dixie. That um, that is also Northern California. It is not as close to me. Okay. Um, but it's it is bigger by quite a bit. I have to look. I'm trying to find the info on that one. So the Dixie Fire. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Uh, had sorry they were supposed to be family friendly but i hadn't actually looked at the numbers on the dixie fire and now i'm i'm sad um so the dixie fire is seven the dixie fire is seven hundred and twenty seven thousand eight hundred and ninety six acres of land it's been active Uh for 40 days 40 40 days it is 40 percent contained and it has hit five counties right. as so, of this uh, this evening at 9.45 p.m. Okay. So <laughs> how do they measure how it's contained? 
it has to do with how much they've been able to slow the spread as well wow. as um, how much they've been able to sort of either put it out or stop it from going further in certain directions. Right, okay. And so what, this could take months to actually fully control it? Yes. Good lord. Okay. Yeah. That's that's terrifying. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. There's, I mean, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm laughing because you know it's it's laugh or cry. I mean, they absolutely, one hundred percent. It sucks that it happens, and it's a reason that a lot of people in California have fire have like extra fire insurance or really good fire insurance as part of their um part of their insur- insurance plans because i mean people lose their entire houses a lot of people who live in areas that are prone to getting forest fires myself included have a little bit of like a go bag set up just in case something happens close enough to you that you don't have time to really fully plan to evac and you need to go so you've got most a lot of us will keep papers that are like necessary so like your passports or marriage certificates or whatever life insurance policies, whatever it is you have that you need to make sure you can access if there's a fire and your house burns down. Um, A lot of people will invest in safes that are fire resistant or fireproof, well, as fireproof as they make them, to try to protect valuables, things like that. So it just depends on the situation. But yeah, it's just part of life in California, as awful as that sounds. Yeah. Uh So... Another question for you. Is there anything that can be done to slow, like, to uh, have them, like, be less common? Like, is there things that can be done? Like, well, you know, like pre- preventative, I guess? I mean, preventative-wise, that actually gets into the other part of our topic today, which is Smokey the Bear. Um, it is, actually, and I didn't even think about it. <laughs> yeah. So one of the one of the biggest things that started being implemented to help with preventing wildfires, um, mm-hmm. and I, I, I'm specifying wildfire versus forest fire because there are cases, and this is actually one of the other prevention methods, where the forestry service will go in and do what's called a controlled burn. Um, there's a lot of details on what go into that, but the short version, because I'm trying not to make this episode like three hours long (laughs) the short version is basically they go in they have like lots of fire trucks lots of um fire retardants ready to go and they're prepped and they have basically like an area that they're doing a burn on like a small area and they'll do it in sections so that it doesn't get too out of control so it's a way okay. for them to keep it contained on purpose. But the reason they – there's a couple of reasons why they do these controlled burns. One is because when the weather is like it is right now and everything's super, super dry, if they do some small controlled burns, they are able to clear away some of the dead brush. And if there's okay. if there's no dead brush, it's harder for a wildfire to start. It's still not impossible but it's harder because, you know, basically that dry brush acts like kindling and gets things started. Yeah, yeah. So if you're taking away the kindling, it's gonna it's gonna reduce the chances of it spreading. Which right. makes sense. Um they're not okay. done as often anymore. Okay. 
Uh, but they are something that has been implemented. Another thing that's been implemented, and this is actually across the United States, not just in California, is uh, Smokey the Bear, which yes. it didn't like. It should have occurred to me that this was a U.S. thing. I, literally in his imagery, <laughs> he's got a U.S. Forestry Service hat on his head. But yes, um, um, I think uh, we'll cover Smokey in this in the next bit. But just before we get into our mid roll. Uh, when Heather came to me with this idea, because we were talking about uh, what we were going to record about, mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned the the fires and you mentioned Smokey Bear, and I was like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> well, what is Smokey Bear?" Uh, I hadn't, I've, I've never heard of Smokey Bear. I had heard of his thing, but I didn't know it was a mascot. Mm-hmm. A full, a full on mascot. Yeah, um, there was even a live mascot it for a while. Oh wow, that's well. We're at that kind of point for the halfway point anyway, so mm-hmm. we will quickly do our mid-roll, and then we'll talk a little bit more about Smokey Bear, which I guess is the historical part of this one. Yeah, uh, um, and so, yeah. just to be clear for anyone who's listening and is curious why I'm specifying wildfire versus forest fire, there are the controlled burns and things like that that can take place in the forest, which are on purpose. Wildfire specifically deals with an unplanned, unwanted, uncontrolled fire in an area that has a lot of combustible vegetation, and it's usually started in more rural areas. Right. Um, And that's that's actually part of the reason, unfortunately, why California also is prone to getting so many of them. We have a lot of land in California, and other than the coastline, which is pretty much developed at least to some extent all the way up and down the coast uh if you get into the central parts of california so like the whole middle section basically anything that's not mountains and not ocean anything in between there's a lot of forest there's yosemite there's Mm -hmm. a so i mean if you look at the map of the calder fire it's literally in the middle of just green like there's, it's yeah. just in the middle of, yeah, yeah, yeah. of woods. It's, there's it's nothing the there. Woods, there's, yeah. there's small towns and, and um, like literally small towns, like places that are so small, people have never heard of them if they don't live in our areas. Those kind of like little tiny mountain towns. And other than that, all you have is woods. And because of that, it's easy, unfortunately, for some of these fires to get started and spread before anyone notices them because they're literally in the middle of nowhere. Like the Calder Fire covers, um, what it is it now, 114,000 acres. This fire started in the middle of many acres of nothing. So there was yeah. just no way for people to catch it before it had already become an issue. Before, before it became like spreading Mm -hmm. well and unfortunately we had a lot of uh wind blowing it Mm -hmm. towards different areas so that didn't help either gotcha okay all right so yeah i think at this point we'll go into our mid-roll and we'll be brought back in in a minute Mm -hmm. all right Hi everyone, welcome to this week's mid-roll. Yeah, welcome. I can talk this time, again, which is great. <laughs> yes, it is nice for you to have your voice back. It is wonderful. So, I assume 
you're going to be starting like normal. <laughs> sure. So like usual, I'll start off by talking about World Anvil. For anyone who hasn't listened to us talk about all the amazing things they can do, World Anvil is a website that is designed to be a world building and campaign management software to help you really flesh out and build up your world, whether you're a game master running you know, running a campaign for your friends and you want them to be able to have access to timelines and maps and information on the various locations of a city. Or it can also be for an author who's writing their stories and want to be able to keep track of everything, keep track of the timeline, or maybe even share that with their audience. There's a lot of amazing features. There's maps. You can basically create a wiki of your world and link different articles. So you can link, you know, the big bad villain to his origin story. And then you can link his origin story to how it created the hero and all that kind of fun craziness. Not to mention the timelines and city locations can also be linked to different characters and different different um, events that have happened and things like that. So there's so many features. You can sign up for free at worldanvil.com. You get a lot of the features for free with the base membership, but then you can also upgrade to become a full guild member with a paid membership and get access to even more amazing features. There's honestly so many features, I can't even list them all. We would run out of, I mean, I it would be the rest of the episode, but we definitely mm-hmm. recommend you check them out. It's worldanvil.com. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, other people really love and love supporting and very ha- uh, thankful they support us are the fine folks over at CastleVeryHard at DieHardDice.com. Okay, they have the most amazing metal dice. Uh, they've been using their own molds for years. There's a cat. <laughs> um, yes, Mopey has joined us. They also have their polymer dice, which are absolutely gorgeous. They have so many different options that you can choose from. They've got their spell on their series, which mixes two, uh, two different colors into their into their sort of coloring. They've got their multi-class D20s, which split in half, and you can connect two halves of two D20s together to make your own unique looks throughout all of them. They now are using those same molds for their polymer dice as well, which is just absolutely fantastic. And they've got great accessories, like their scroll of rolling. <coughs> their mm-hmm. uh, little metal meeples which we've talked about before um yep. yeah you can search through the website for anything that you'd like like uh color or material or anything like that you can use the code nerdsmith hyphen aug for august to get 10 percent off your next order and they have free shipping in the u.s domestically and discounted uh, international shipping as well so you'll be sure to find something you like and you can get it for a discount as well so yes mm-hmm. if you do uh, if you do feel like it go check out our lovely friends at dieharddice.com thank you <coughs> and with all that being said we will get back into this episode and talk about smoky bear smoky smoky the bear fair enough <laughs> All right, everyone, welcome back from the mid-roll. Uh, if you hear random meowing on my end of things, my cat decided to join us. There is a cat. How mugly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they. So, I mean, to be fair, Mowgli's been in a lot of episodes because they just like to meow. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that is accurate. Unfortunately, they're meowing right when you're talking about important things, so they, like, you know, they, they wait yeah. They just want to be in the episode. It's fine. 
Okay, it's fine. so Smokey <laughs> the Bear. Yes. Um, I did not know. It means Smokey Bear or, I mean, he's usually referred to as Smokey the Bear. That's how I've always heard him referred to. Although I guess Smokey Bear also makes sense. Mm -hmm. So Smokey Bear or Smokey the Bear is an American campaign and advertising character that was used by the, well, it has been used and is still used by the U.S. Forest Service. It's basically part of their wildfire prevention campaign. The idea behind it is that he encourages you to prevent forest. Well, originally his slogan was forest fires. And that's actually the one I grew up with is only you can prevent forest fires. Mm -hmm. But that's over the, time, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so no, I was just going to say that's the uh, slogan that I found. Uh, it's the one that I'm kind of, I think I've heard. Like mm -hmm. it twinged something in the back of my mind, but I had no idea what it was about. Yeah, it's I mean, it's probably something you've heard. And it, it it's one of those things where if you watch enough TV shows, if you speak with enough American people, you're probably at some point going to hear someone say only you can prevent forest fires is like a joke or something or something along those lines, like only you can prevent XYZ. Because it's, you know, a spinoff of the Smokey the Bear slogan. Yeah, but Smokey the Bear was actually a program started Back in, let me double check, back in 1944, he uh, first showed up because they were trying to encourage people to pay attention to the threat of fire balloons, really, mostly, <laughs> of fire balloon bombs. They were worried that they were, that uh, the Japanese military was going to drop them on the United States mm -hmm. in order to create lots of wildfires. And so... That was their initial sort of impetus into that. Um, also in, let's see, in the early 1940s, I believe it was uh, just after 1942, Walt Disney let his characters appear in a fire prevention public service campaign. Um, oh, okay. He was only, he only let them use Bambi and the Bambi characters for about a year though. So they had to come up with a new symbol and they wanted something that was accessible to everyone, something that people would, you know, respond to and also something that would get the attention of children as well, because obviously we want to prevent forest fires as much as possible. <laughs> and children are children. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I can, I can see that. Yeah. They they bounced around different ideas, but ultimately they decided to make it a bear, and they mm -hmm. decided to name him Smokey, uh, inspired by a a man who was nicknamed Smokey. His full name was Smokey Joe Martin, and he was a New York City Fire Department hero, um, who had uh, performed a bold rescue during a 1922 fire. So uh, it's. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, it's also intentionally spelled differently to the word smoky, mm -hmm. as in the adjective smoky. It's S M O K E Y, yes. not just K Y. Correct. Which, you know. But it's keeping it on brand for what he's trying to prevent, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I never thought about it, but you are correct. <laughs> they, they did spell oh, it that way on purpose, I'm sure. Um, anyway, so he first showed up in kind of the 19, 1944 posters, and they started putting him out there. His official birth date 
for the character is considered August 9th, 1944, um, since that was the first posters. He's shown in the original posters wearing a pair of jeans, and he has on the Forest Service hat, which he still Mm -hmm. wears in all of his imagery. If you see him, he's wearing a very iconic U.S. Forest Service hat. When I see that hat, I'm like, yeah, that's the Forest Service. Like, any people in the U.S. will recognize it, which was the point. And he's dumping water on a fire, a campfire, Mm -hmm. saying uh, his original poster says, Smokey says, care will prevent nine out of ten forest fires. And Uh, while it's not on the original one, what I do like is that on a lot of the later ones, his hat has his name on it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of saying forest service or whatever, it has his name across the front. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, So basically what they were trying to do, in addition to drawing attention to the potential of fires being a problem in general, was also get people to understand that they needed to be careful about doing things like putting out their campfires correctly, which was also one of the reasons they wanted to use um, the Bambi characters in their initial campaign as much as Walt Disney would let them, because in that movie, the forest fire the big forest fire that Bambi and his friends have to run from is caused by someone being careless mm-hmm. in the woods with their fire and or fire related items. And so a, a forest fire breaks out, a wood, a wildfire breaks out. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, over the, he's always, I mean, I've never seen him depicted in any other way. He's always wearing jeans. He always has his forestry service hat on. He is often holding a shovel. Um, because you Is can there a reason? Yes, because you can use a shovel to dig up some dirt and dump it on top of your campfire. Oh, yeah. Okay. Fair so enough. It, that makes sense. In a, in some of his posters, not his initial one, that one he had, you know, the bucket with water. But in some of his later posters and just the iconery no, that's not a word. Iconography. <laughs> iconography, thank you. My brain didn't want to think of that word. The different iconography that's associated with him, he is quite often carrying around a shovel or like digging with the shovel to put dirt onto a fire to put it out, that kind of thing. Because that's one of the things you're taught is like if you don't have water, dump dirt or sand or something on top of a fire to put it out and smother it. Yeah, that makes sense. And I mean, these are... He is used as a teaching tool for children in a lot of schools, and especially in places like here in California, where obviously wildfires are an issue. Fire safety with campfires out in the woods and everything is something that is most definitely taught to children. I I can't tell you when I first learned it, but I know I was a child because I can't remember a time I didn't really know that you were supposed to put out fires and that you had to be careful I mean, the movie Bambi probably helped a lot with that, too. Um, But just in general, Smokey the Bear has been around for so long and teaching these things. It doesn't occur to me that there is something that you don't know. Like, why would you not do this? You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, And then over the years, his slogan has changed a little bit here and there. Yeah, I was just reading through that. Um... Uh, in, t- in 2001 they replaced forest fires with wildfires because mm-hmm. more fires were happening outside of forests correct well uh, and not only that but also they um, it was happening on like foothills and stuff like that where there wasn't as much wood wooded area mm-hmm. um, especially here in California huh. 
And uh, he also, in uh, 1947, they changed his slogan from the care will prevent 9 out of 10 wood fires to, remember, only you can prevent forest fires. Yeah. And then it went from forest fires to wildfires. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of iconic Smokey Bear posters where, you know, he's holding his shovel in one hand. He's got his Smokey the hat on. Smokey the bear hat on. He's pointing like Uncle Sam posters, which mm-hmm. is a very famous, um, you know, yeah, historical um, U.S. icon. And he's he's pointing like Uncle Sam does in in that poster and going, only you. So, like, only you can prevent the forest fires. Um, it, He's everywhere. And I... I like it didn't occur to me he wasn't like known everywhere until you were like who's Smokey the Bear? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what's really interesting is while you said he looks like the Uncle Sam poster, I get that, but my immediate thought was for the Your Country Needs You English poster to recruit people in the war. <laughs> mm. Well, I mean, I have I feel like it's a fairly Yeah, they're very similar. Co- uh, yeah, similar I, I... imagery. Uh, but after looking at the the uh, the the US version, you can definitely see that they're were absolutely going for that face, that look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. definitely. And um, I mentioned it to you. Well, I mentioned it in the first half of the episode, and I mentioned it yes. um, to you before. I think, but they at one point also had a living symbol of Smokey the Bear, which yes. of course uh, made him even more of a US icon. Um, basically, the short version, because it's, it's a very long story of Smokey uh, the Bear, but basically he was a, a black bear cub. He was found when he was three months old um, in the spring of 1950 after the Capitan Gap fire, which was a big wildfire in the Capitan Mountains of New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And he was taken in by some fish and game uh, Department of, well, at the time it was called the Department of Game and Fish. It has since changed, but he was taken in and um, at, initially they were calling him Hotfoot Teddy. And then later they changed his name to Smokey to go with the icon. Mm-hmm. Um, he was eventually handed over to the Forest Service and was uh, stationed at the National Zoo in Washington, D.C., so you could go to the National Zoo in Washington, D.C. and see Smokey the Bear. <laughs> so, as you can imagine, this was popular for children. Yeah, uh, apparently he was there for about 26 years and he received millions of visitors and mm-hmm. many letters addressed to him. More than 13,000 a week. Yep. It's to the point where in 1964, the United States Postal Service gave him his own zip code. Um, for. <laughs> For anyone okay. who's not familiar with zip codes, basically a zip code tells the U.S. Postal Service, okay, this letter goes to this region, like this section of post offices. Yeah. He had his own. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, in the U.K. we've got like postal codes, which are essentially the same thing. Mm-hmm. But we just don't use five letters. We uh, we use like a mix of... Uh, like abbreviations for where you are, like WS for me is Warsaw, and then it, I've got seven, and then there's a string of numbers after that. Ours is just numbers. There's mm-hmm. uh, the United States is too big. We're just numbers, five five numbers. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, and he he lived at the zoo for the rest of his life. He was obviously, you know, as well taken care of as he was going to be in a zoo. Yes. Um, at one point, they did try to get him a girlfriend. They gave him mm. uh, a female bear to live with to keep him company called Goldie Gold Bear. Um, but he they never ended up producing any babies. And then after a little while, the zoo took another orphaned bear cub and added him to their enclosure and called him Little Smokey and basically yeah. told the world, you know, it's PR stunt to a certain extent. I'm sure the bear yeah, was happier yeah. having friends. But basically oh, saying yeah. that the Smokey and his partner adopted the cub. Uh, because they, they, they were together from 62 to 71, so almost a decade and there was nothing doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no babies. <laughs> no babies. Yes. Um, and then and he, eventually he Smokey Bear retired, and Smokey Bear 2, who was his, was Little Smokey, uh, took over. Oh, and Little Smokey died in 1990, and mm-hmm. um, the original uh, Smokey Bear died uh, about a year later in 76. Mm-hmm. Um and he's amazed to return to the government to to captain in New Mexico. Yes, and he was buried at Smoky Bear Historical Park. Oh, which I'd have to check. I'm not sure if it still exists or not. Yeah, the the. <laughs> oh, okay, so and then the Washington Post ran a semi a semi humorous obituary for Smoky labeled Bear calling him a transnational Mexican uh, and a Mexican native who had resided many years in Washington. Uh... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so he lived a long life. But yeah, I mean, as you can imagine, as is so common, especially back mm-hmm. in like the 1950s and 60s and whatnot in the United States, um, the fact that there was a bear, oh, excuse me. like an actual physical living bear that kids could write letters to and go see and see yeah. on the posters and everything. It was a big hit. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And like you said, uh, you said uh, before we start recording that he basically became part of American culture. <laughs> yes. And I mean, he was so popular that Congress <laughs> passed the Smokey Bear Act, which made it so that Smokey the Bear's image was not public domain anymore. Um, because they were afraid people would start using it and making a lot of money with it. Uh, Yeah. Um, On the plus side, the way they did it, um, they placed the imagery, the character of Smokey Bear, under the control of the Secretary of Agriculture. And it also provided that the royalties from any of Smokey's imagery would be used for continued education on the subject of forest wildfire prevention. So, you know, they may not have wanted anyone else to have the money, but at least the money they were making, they put towards good use. I suppose so. Uh, it's a difficult one because, like, if they don't protect it, like, I could see nasty people, like, making very negative signs with it, especially, like, mm-hmm. in regards to how he's all about public safety. So I can see both sides, but, uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and then uh, in... 1952, a doll of Smokey Bear was made, mm-hmm. which included a mailing card for children to become junior forest rangers. Yeah, the, yeah the they, also they went hard with the get the kids in on this program. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it children worked. Also apply, 
uh, in writing to the US Forest Service or to Smokey Bear, the zip code we mentioned earlier. And within three years, half a million children had applied to it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that was in 1952. So like, imagine yeah, if this ridiculous. was... Yeah, imagine how many kids would it would be now. <laughs> so many. Uh, another fun little fact is the Beach Boys even quote Smokey Bear in their 64 song Drive-In. Uh, if you say you watch a movie, you know, you're a couple of layers. And remember, only you can prevent forest fires. <laughs> I mean, they're from California, so it's not surprising. Mm-hmm. I like them. <laughs> they're great. Uh, and then, as we said earlier, like in the write-up, uh, although Smokey was originally drawn wearing the campaign hat for the U.S. Forest Service, the hat later became, uh, itself became famous by associating with Smokey's character. And since uh, today, it's sometimes called a Smokey Bear hat. Mm-hmm. It's still used by the U.S. Forest, uh, Forest Service, some branches of the military, and the state police. Yeah. Now, for the U.S. Forest Service, it is more specifically used with some of their more formal uniforms now, a lot mm-hmm. of times they're wearing more like U.S. Forest Tree Service baseball caps nowadays because, you know, it's, it's easier. But they still yeah. wear that a lot with the dress hats. Um, yeah, and I mean, the, the, he's... The basically all cut one, which is a really cool hat. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's still popular. And there's actually, in 1955, they wrote some little golden books. Those, oh. you know, old classic kids' books, or at least they're classics over here. I don't know if oh. they're a thing in England. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the Little Golden Book series wrote a, a bunch of books based on Smokey the Bear. And it talked about his life as an orphaned cub after a forest fire. And then somewhat followed the story of the bear that was the living symbol. Um, and there was a whole lot of coloring books and things like that and other collectibles on the market so like crazy amounts of Smokey the bear memorabilia uh yeah i got that's not surprising Mm -hmm. there's even um (laughs) boy scouts and campfire girls campaign posters from back in the 60s um (laughs) there's so many things Oh dear, so, and then there's a lot about the legacy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a lasting they, legacy. It's been around forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which in 2019, they celebrated the 75th anniversary uh, with it at the Nash- National uh, View, uh, National Zoo, yeah, in Washington. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they opened an outdoor exhibit uh, for it with 14 posters and multiple archival photographs of the original bear uh, uh, bear lying about the pathway in front of Smokey Bear's original habitat, which is really nice. And then there's also a big list of uh, voices that have uh, portrayed him in the sort of adverts and stuff. Um, with uh, uh, we've got Jackson Weaver, Dallas McKinnon, George Walsh, Roger C. Carmel, uh, Gene Moss, Jim Cummings, which is uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Frank uh, Welker for briefly, uh, Jack Angel, and then it's currently portrayed by Sam Elliott. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 everything I've ever heard where Smokey actually talks, like any little ad or anything I've always, I've ever mm-hmm. seen, he's got a, like a deep voice. It's very yeah. like, only you can prevent forest fires. It's like that kind of a voice. It's, yeah, it's it's a slow and uh, deliberate voice. Uh, I yeah. like it. It makes sense for a bear, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, and especially one who's supposed to have, like, authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, 
gosh. Yeah, but there, I mean, like I said, there's still posters all over the place. Um, one of the examples, because one of the many pages we're using to look this up is like the Wikipedia page, because <laughs> yeah. obviously there's a lot of information there. One yeah, of the images a, they have nice. on it is of a sign in Runyon Canyon Park in Los Angeles. It's, um, oh, yes. it's a, like a fire safety sign. And these are all over the place in parks in California, probably other yeah. places too, but definitely in California. Basically mm -hmm. the top part of the sign talks about, you know, it's a very high fire hazard severity zone, which usually means super, super dry, lots of dead plants and grass. Don't smoke and throw your cigarette. Like don't light a fire. Don't do anything stupid. Please be careful. Fires yeah, yeah. will start here. And then directly and then underneath, underneath. They got a big, big sort of illustration, I guess, of, mm -hmm. of Smokey with uh, his jeans, his shovel, and his smoky hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I think... Oh, well, I suppose we could talk a little bit about the adaptations, because apparently he had, you know, had his own show <laughs> uh, during 1960 to 1970. Uh, they produced a weekly Saturday morning cartoon for ABC called The Smokey Bear Show. And the series was animated by Toei Animation in Japan. Um, I, f I feel like I've seen episodes of it. Yeah, uh, well, I've, I've, well, looking at the thing, I, the style is a bit familiar. Now I'm, despite, I'm looking uh, it up. Also, also, despite his real name being Smokey Bear, the name Smokey the Bear has been perpetually used, which is why uh, you, you called him Smokey the Bear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I do, it does look familiar. I probably saw it on like public access TV at one point or another. It is also very much something where he's so iconically part of Americana history that yeah. he definitely gets referenced in a lot of things. Oh, absolutely. I can imagine that. Yeah. Uh, especially like the thing that he says is, pretty catchy as well and you can change it to pretty much whatever you needed to, mm -hmm. to sort of reference so yeah, like well, even even this article uh, which I've just seen Fortnite that that Fortnite <laughs> right where I reference it um, for uh, only you can prevent V-Book scams so it's like warning people about giving them their information away because a lot of kids play Fortnite mm -hmm. like it's a very younger audience centric game not saying that's all that play it but the st the art style lends itself to that, so it's even used there to, you know, stop people giving away their their parents' credit card numbers. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't surprise me. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, um, I think that's pretty much everything that. Oh wow! I w I'm just I'm reading the little snippet that you just talked about. Like they went full on. The woman who says it is dressed in a teddy bear costume. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah, a big, big uh, callback to it. So, yeah. yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Um, I think that's a pretty good uh, point to end on. Uh, mm -hmm. Apart from maybe just circling back to if you, like, yeah, just be careful with fire safety. It's a, it's a big deal, especially in California, like with um, Hella and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, just, yeah. Um, not much more I can say, apart from I hope things get better, but from the sound of it, it's a fairly common occurrence. Unfortunately, it is fairly mm. common. Um, there's definitely some years where it's worse than others. This year, unfortunately, mm. is a really bad year because it's been so dry. Um, yeah. That's why both of the fires that I mentioned that are up here in Northern California have gotten so big. Mm. 
um, that and they both started in more rural areas, which, like I mentioned earlier, unfortunately makes them harder to catch before they get big enough to be a problem. Yeah. So that doesn't help either. But, um, I mean, it's just something we deal with in California during the summer. Like, I've been wearing... I am vaccinated, but I've been wearing a mask anytime I leave the house just because of the smoke. See, that's the bit that really kind of uh, freaks me out the most is, uh, like I said, I have a friend up in Oregon uh, when there was a, a couple of fires there. I think it was last year, like late last year. And uh, they were having to wear, like, the, the, the air was very, very, very smoky mm-hmm. um, and difficult to breathe in. And it was really kind of terrifying. Uh, oh yeah hearing about it and not being able to do anything you know we had a couple of days where the sky was just gray it looked like rain cloud gray that's how much smoke was in the air but it wasn't rain clouds at all it was just smoke up in the air from all the fires that's terrifying so i mean um, eh. Um, I, I sound I sound that. too casual, probably, yeah. but it's just, you know, it's one of those things just, where, unfortunately, it's part of life in some areas yeah. of California, and, you know, if there's a fire, there's a fire, and you just, you deal with it. You grab the things that are important that you can't replace, like your pets and your family, and you leave the house. That's just what you gotta do. Yeah, I haven't well. been required to evac ever. Where I'm located is... Um, developed enough that we're less likely to be hit or like if we are hit because we're so developed and there's so many people we're going to have a lot more warning before it actually hits us but you know it's still possible for it to get to me in theory it would just not be easy Well, well either way I hope that it doesn't that'd be great um we will wrap up here there's not really much else to say apart with fire forest fires except for you know just do what you can to keep everything as safe as possible we will be back in a couple of weeks or next month i suppose with our next episode and until then keep safe hope everyone's doing well and we will talk to you all very soon definitely bye guys bye Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. Don't forget to check out all the other amazing content on the Nerdsmith Network. If you have any questions for either of us, you can get in contact with us on Twitter at geek underscore thyself. You can also email us at geekthyself at nerdsmith.org. And please don't forget to go to iTunes and leave us a review or also go anywhere you listen to your podcasts. We'll be back next week with another informative and fun episode. And until then, don't forget to geek thyself. Geek thyself.